0: Welcome to the Field Goals Podcast. I'm Brandon Schultz, and the Seahawks and Seahawks fans are still riding high after that 30-29 victory over the Los Angeles Rams. The division rival Rams as the Seahawks go to 4-1 on the season. The Rams fall to 3-2. we got to wait until Monday night to see what the San Francisco 49ers do against the Cleveland Browns. But in the meantime, let's listen in to head coach Pete Carroll's October 4th press conference and get his reaction on that Thursday night win.
1: This was a nice, nice Thursday night ball game. Um, it's great to play in that setting and, and have the opportunity to, to to play enough, well enough, so that you get a win. Um, again, tying it all together with the the dynamics of the celebration for Paul's life and and uh, and the fans and everything it was really a great night. So we had a blast. It was. Um, you know, a surprising victory as it happened. Uh, they had a chance to win it and didn't get it done. But, um, you know, obviously we're happy to take it. They're hard to come by. And uh, it was just a really, really exciting night of football and a great night to be at the stadium. So I know everybody enjoyed the heck out of it. And there's a lot of people complaining that it took so long or why does it have to be so close? But suck it up. <laughs> that's the way it is, you know, and, and uh, thrilled to get the win.
0: Man, one of the things that's been great about Russell Wilson just absolutely having a dominant performance against the Rams is now seeing the national media recognize what I think a lot of us Seahawks fans have been seeing over the years. And Russell comes out of that game 17 of 23, 268 passing yards, four touchdowns, sacked just one time despite all of the pressure he was having to overcome in that game, has eight rushes, 32 yards, And so now that Pete Carroll had the chance to watch Russell Wilson on film, let's hear what Coach Carroll had to say in his reaction to Russell's game on Thursday. It's
1: incredible that he had such impact on the game. He only called 20 through 23 passes. Um, You know, he had a number of runs that were really good. His scramble efficiency and effectiveness was off the charts, uh, his—I I just thought it was an exceptional night for his consistency and being and able to find his way out of the, out of the problems. And we didn't pass pro great you know, against these guys, obviously, and that's what was causing him to move. But the play actions gave him space to move and do his thing. And and uh, and other than that, he just found ways, and it was just a remarkable night of football uh, for him. And. and uh, just kind of just adding to what's going on in the season. I think he's on, on a great roll. We just got to keep him, keep his head on straight and, and keep rolling, you know, and, and uh, really likely we'll be able to do
0: that. Of course, one of the plays we're going to continue to see over and over again, maybe one of those plays we see in Russell Wilson's Hall of Fame highlight reel as well. First and 10 from the 13-yard line, Russell Wilson rolls out to his left, drops a pass into the back Left corner of the end zone, Tyler Lockett outstretched with his toes on the ground. After the extra point, it puts the Seahawks ahead in this game, seven to six. After giving up two early field goals to the Rams, Coach Carroll was asked about what he saw on that throw to Tyler Lockett.
1: It's amazing how little space there was for us to evaluate that he would even be available to him. You know, I mean, it wasn't like he came running across the field and you could see it coming. He was going this way. In that corner of the end zone already, you know. And then, he, then as Russ threw him to that corner, in a sense, you know, he he said, "This is one spot the ball could bo- go, and and see if you can get there, kind of thing." And and uh, as we've seen so many times, those guys are just they they see football t- together. They see it as one, and and that's chemistry and and ex- extraordinary uh, savvy. And and uh, it took every bit of that. And I, Lock, I saw Locke this morning. He, he, there's a play in practice. Uh, I think it was last week um, when he caught a ball in the red zone in the back line of the end zone. It's the exact same catch, not going to the corner but going over the top and we went back twenty times with the whole team in here trying to figure out if he was in if he wasn't in It's exactly the same catch and and uh so it's not it, I don't think we we're surprised that he could do it, but it's shocked that it happened as it did in that circumstance in that little bit of space and uh to such magnitude you know it's great
0: now that Russell Wilson's five games into the twenty nineteen season. He has 114 completions on 156 attempts for a completion percentage of 73.1, 1,409 yards, 12 touchdowns, zero interceptions. It brings Seattle fans back to 2015, when Russell had a four-game stretch where he completed 89 of 118 passes, just under 1,200 yards, 16 touchdowns with zero interceptions. His passer rating over that stretch, 145.9. The best four-game run for a quarterback with at least a hundred pass attempts. So, with that in mind, Coach Carroll was asked about how Russell's playing now and if it reminds him of how Russell was playing during that four-game stretch in the 2015 season.
1: It feels different. It does. It feels different because of uh, the way it's happening. I think you know that's that's looking back. You know, we're right in the middle of it now. I, it's hard to say if it's the same or not. But it it seems I, I have. Uh, higher regard for Russell's uh, command of the game now than we did three or four years ago and, and uh, the things that he's doing and how he's controlling things. Um, so that was a great streak. That was an all-time streak, you know, and, and uh, he and Doug were just on fire for all that time. And um, But we'll have to – I need some more games just, just to compare it, I think.
0: It feels different. So is this something that Coach Carroll and Russell have worked on specifically on Russell's command for the game? Or is it just an evolution of Wilson's game?
1: It's evolution. It's evolution, and and uh, um, you know this extraordinary consistency and his commitment to stay with it and keep growing and keep pushing. To, to you know, he's he's got the curiosity of a great player. that He's always looking to figure out what he can do better and how he can do something uh, and help somebody else. You know, get in sync with him so they can work together more efficiently and all of that. It's. Um, I think this is just the process. It's really. This is a really. Um, extraordinary window for all of us you guys watching and the coaches watching too, to watch a guy just go through the whole process of developing to you know this this height of, of performance and we've all watched him you know i say that like you know you guys have all been here. i don't know if everybody's been there the whole time but we've had the you know we've been witness to you know a, fr- a freshman coming up you know and, and he's uh, he's way into graduate school now and he's doing great stuff
0: And switching over from offense to the defensive side of the ball, a few of the negatives on defense, of course, giving up 395 passing yards to the Rams. They gave up two touchdowns on the ground, 18 carries, 82 yards for the Rams on the ground, a total of 477 yards. In terms of turnovers, it came out positive for the Seahawks' defense, turning the ball over twice. One fumble from Todd Gurley, the one interception by Tedrick Thompson. Relatively effective in terms of third-down conversions, the Rams were only 3 of 11 with all that in mind what was coach carroll's overall evaluation of the defense uh I was a little
1: frustrated that it didn't work out as clean as we had hoped because we'd worked on this for some time and, and uh, um the running game really came together great um, you know the a couple of plays earlier we had to adjust we made the adjustments that worked um put put the play that was hurting us to rest and then uh they had the one big reverse play other than that we we played great on the running game and, and so that was really a that was really an intent, and we didn't want them to have a balanced attack against us. And, and uh, it forced them to throw the football a lot, and they did it really well. They're really good, and we, you know, we needed to do better. Um, so it was frustrating that we that it didn't quite work out exactly what we wanted it to. But that they have something to say about that. They changed some things, and we had to fix them. And. Uh, <sighs> And then it, the, I think that the two-minute drive, uh, both the two-minute drives really bothered me that we weren't able to get out of there. We had one good two-minute drive, and we had two, two that were, were, were not good enough. And so uh, those are things we can, we can fix, though, and, and uh, I think we learned some of that.
0: And sticking with the defense and looking at some of the pressure that the Seahawks put on Jared Goff, Goff was under pressure for 21 of his 49 attempts. His completion percentage dropped from 69% down to 45% while under pressure. The Seahawks blitzed on 22 of the 50 dropbacks by Goff. He had a 50% completion percentage when the Seahawks were blitzing, versus a 67% completion percentage when he wasn't blitzed. Overall, individual Seahawks players were credited with 29 pressures on the night, Quentin Jefferson getting the most at 7, Rasheem Green and Jadevian Clowney tying for 6. Jefferson able to hit the quarterback twice, while Clowney and Wagner were the only two to record hits. Zero sacks on the night, however. Coach was asked about what he thought about the pass rush against the Rams. Clowney was
1: so close to having a huge night. He was all over. I mean, he was in, in you know, arms up and just missed probably four different times to knock balls down, you know, to be a factor on the play. He was he was wild with his rushes. I thought he did a great job. It just didn't show up numbers-wise, but uh, he had an effect. Um... Uh, Q had had a, some solid rushes, but uh, we play, we played the run the run looked a lot, and we didn 't put these guys in pass rush modes uh, a lot uh, in just trying to eliminate one aspect of the game but we'll be able to help those guys more. I think this was the game to me that i, I now I can see some things that that we need to do better, and we can utilize our guys a little bit uniquely for them their strengths um, they 're playing really hard uh, and with really good consistent effort. Um, ziggy is one of those guys he just plays so hard um, stuff's going to happen for him too so i, I think the pass rush is going to come alive in the next few weeks i'm really excited about that it's the first time i really could see enough and feel like we've seen these guys out there enough to make some evaluations to make the kind of little tweaks and stuff that we can uh, so we can help them out
0: the seahawks slot corner veteran jamar taylor was targeted nine times on the night gave up four receptions for 61 yards He was credited with two pass breakups on the game. Taylor was on the field for 34 of the 72 defensive snaps, good for 47% of the time on the field. While in the previous game, it was K.J. Wright and Michael Kendrick splitting time coming off the field when Taylor came onto the field. But this game against the Rams, it was solely Kendricks who came off the field, K.J. Wright playing 100% of the snaps. So with Taylor's 34 snaps on the field, Pete was asked to evaluate Taylor's performance.
1: Um, He did a good job. I don't know how many plays he played. Um, but, the, you know, they were kind of was because of the two had like three, two minute drives, you know, that's why he got a lot of plays. We probably would have been a little bit more base than that. But um, he did fine. He had a couple of nice plays, really good third down play right off the bat, you know, and, and uh, was really close to having a great game. You know, he had uh, that one play that, that Cooper Cup gets over on the sidelines when he, you know, he leapt up to get it and didn't quite get that. That, that, that would have been a phenomenal play for him to make. And it would have really closed out a great night, you know. Um,
0: good. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and listen in what Pete Carroll had to say about something the Rams did schematically, especially with their tight ends that was a little bit differently and how the team responded. Getting into the rest of the press conference, schematically one of the things the Rams did a little bit differently than in games past was use Gerald Everett and Tyler Higbee a significant portion of the game. Everett on the field for 81% of the snaps, Higby on the field for 56%. Coach Carroll was asked how the Rams using two tight ends changed things for the Seahawks' defense.
1: It was something we anticipated, but I didn't know that they would stay as committed to it as they did because it took them out of their regular stuff. you know. And, and uh, But they're... they're you know they're working at it they're transitioning too as they have to you know you have to adapt and adjust and things don't stay the same and and they're you know they're finding their way they're really good they're just a really talented team and, and with great system and all that and the, the quarterback plays great with with those receivers and they're all capable and uh, the tight end really you know jumped out last night and and uh so it'll be interesting to see where they are next time we play them
0: It was a pass intended for tight end Gerald Everett that was picked off in incredible fashion by safety Tedrick Thompson. One of the huge plays of the game and a play that could have potentially closed out the game if the Seahawks would have been able to just pick up a first down after that interception. Coach Carroll was asked about Thompson making that play late in the game and about some of the criticism that's been coming his way based on his play early on in the season.
1: You know, he had a bad play a couple weeks ago. You know, uh, anyway, he's—I think he's doing fine, and it's—it's good. It's good for him. You know, he uh, remember that coming out of college, he was like the most productive playmaker on the passing game in the country. He's a guy that's got a history of making plays, making things happen. He's he's always shown us that he's got that knack. It hasn't shown up as much in the games last year. I didn't think it did as much as I thought it would. Um, I just think it's a matter of time. He. he, very cerebral player, um, and I think he's he's going to feel more comfortable. It, it always helps confidence you know, when you make a big play like that, so I, I think he'll continue to show us why he's a good player.
0: Another player who had a significant impact on the game was right guard Jamarco Jones. Now, Jones has never actually played guard, but he came in and filled in for an injured DJ Fluker who pulled his hamstring during the game. Coach Carroll says that they need to find out what that means in terms of of the timetable for his return. All he knew in the press conference was that they verified that he's got a hamstring strain. But for him to come in and not give up a single pressure in 64 snaps, Effetti had six. Yupati had five. Justin Britt gave up two. Fluker had one in just his nine snaps. Dwayne Brown had just one in his 73 snaps at left tackle. George Fant, who only had seven offensive snaps, was the only other lineman to not give up a pressure on Thursday. That just puts it into perspective, the type of game that Jamarco Jones had. And so Pete Carroll was asked about Jones and what he did in this game after watching the film.
1: He did really well. Uh, I was shocked that it was so smooth for him to, to move it to the right side and play guard uh, when he does no background other, other than in practice, you know. And, and uh he moved his feet well. He played strong. Um, assignment-wise, he was solid. You know, I, I think he got out of the game with no pressures. You know, he might have been the only guy up front that did that. Um, so, at a time when you know Fluke may be um, unable to go, um, it's, you know, we're fortunate that he stepped up like he did.
0: And as I mentioned before, no experience at the guard position. That was something that came up in the press conference. And Pete was asked about how that experience was for him, having no experience at that position.
1: Yeah, he survived it. Uh, I think it's remarkably uh, good showing, you know, for, for him and, and for us and going forward. Um, as to our depth and, and all of that, and, and, you know, he's healthy and ready to go. Young kid, you know, jumping at the bit to be part of it. and. Uh, Our coaches have always trusted him from the start. He has really good awareness and really good sense for the game. He's natural when playing the game, and and it showed up. You uh, you almost have to have some special savvy and qualities to be able to pull it off like he did.
0: When Jamarco Jones came out in the draft in 2018, he was a fifth-round pick, 168 overall from Ohio State. He was their left tackle. Did Pete Carroll have any indication that he could play guard when he was drafted?
1: I didn't think of it that way. And we did size-wise, you know, we talked about that and, and all, but he had just been such a, so comfortable playing left tackle that we, you know, we thought that was, you know, a big enough focus for us, but um, he never has, uh, there's many issues with it. He just hasn't done a lot of it, you know, so we've just done enough to get him prepared to play. And he, that's what, you know, it's what he did.
0: Another player who continues to impress for the Seahawks on offense, tight end Will Disley. Four catches on four targets, 81 yards, He technically has seven rushing yards based on the little flip play that Wilson had to Disley. So overall 88 yards on the day to match his Jersey number, Russell Wilson, incredible pass early on in the game, just right into the arms, perfect amount of touch into Disley's hands. He has 23 receptions on the year already, 262 yards, four touchdowns. Coach Carroll was asked about what he's seen from Disley. He's doing really well.
1: He's doing, yeah, he's doing just fine. Um, He's been physical, he's, he's so much better this year than last year, I mean, being confident in what he's doing, you know, in assignment-wise. It was just a matter of time because he really works at it, but um, he's this really solid football player for us and doing a great job.
0: Now, one of the most frustrating things for the Seahawks on Thursday night was their ability to convert in short-yarded situations. Right before the missed field goal by Jason Myers on fourth down, you know, a lot of fans... Kind of getting on Pete about that idea of of going for it again on fourth and one, just a minute 38 left to go before the half. But you have to remember that going back that third and one, third and one, they ran it with Chris Carson. He was stopped. No gain. Do they go for it again on fourth and one or do they take the 48 yard field goal? Jason Myers, you know, he should make that kick go up by 11 points. Up until that point, the Seahawks defense had stopped the Rams offense on three straight drives. They had gotten a turnover. Bobby Wagner, Jedevian Clowney forced the Todd Gurley fumble. That's what led to that drive with the Jason Myers 48 yard field goal miss. So you had that short yardage situation. Carson did pick up a second and one in the third quarter. Carson also had a big 13 yard run on second and three toward the end of the third quarter. And really he had, he had kept it rolling he had a second and two. He had a third and one on that touchdown scoring drive where Carson bobbled the pass a little bit on that final touchdown by the Seahawks. But I think the frustrating part was the Seahawks' inability to close out the game. After the Thompson interception, they get the ball 2:08 on the clock. They get it to where they have a third and two, and instead of just running right up the gut where Carson had success on three straight runs before, they pitch it out to Tyler Lockett. Lockett tackled for an eight-yard loss. They end up having to punt the ball back to the Rams, and that gives the Rams an opportunity to get back in the game and potentially kick a game-winning field goal. And so how frustrating was it for Coach Carroll to not be able to convert on some of those key short-yardage situations?
1: It doesn't allow us to take full advantage of where we're, what we're trying to do, you know. And, and uh, um, so we're we're, we're working on it. Yeah. You know, we've got a, we got an approach that we're trying to carry through, and we just need to stay with it and, and knock some of those out. You know, we've been close on them and just didn't not enough. It's only a couple, two or three of those times, and it changes everything. And, and uh, but it's a frustrating, yeah, because I'd like to always go for it. You know, I'd like to always jam it at, at line of scrimmage, and and um, we need to we need to be better to to do that. We're not quite there yet, and so. We got a great kicker and we need to kick football whenever we, you know, whenever we can and um, have all the confidence in the world. He's going to make every kick.
0: Let's close this out. Coach Carroll also had some thoughts about Paul Allen, obviously the ring of honor ceremony, inducting Paul Allen into the ring of honor, the 12th member of that ring of honor. A lot of those members in attendance for the game. And so coach was asked about that pregame ceremony for Allen. And if that might've had an effect on the team's performance.
1: Um, we we took um, special time in here with our guys just to let them know again, you know, be aware of, of um, what was going on with the event and celebrating Paul and and, and all that. Um, th- that I just think is just part of the kind of the weaving the whole connection together. Um, more so, I think the guys he, he's such an extraordinary person. We we presented it really well in here to, so that they could they could feel him again. I think it has something to do with it. Um, I know it did for the players that have been around here in particular and uh, um, there's a, a, a lot of us were emotional about it and uh, KJ and Russ for sure um, I know Bobby was tuned in and, and for the guys that have been around here it was um, it was it was significant so um, I don't know about it made us play better you know like I, I kind of threw out the thought that Paul might have blown that ball a little bit to the to the right you know and and uh. <laughs> And maybe he did, you know. The guy was full of magic. Maybe he did that. I don't know. But um, it was—it just added to a really great night for the 12s and everybody around it.
0: And indeed, it was a great night for all Seahawks fans. What a game to get the win. I, I would have rather had them put it away after getting the interception. But you know what? I'll take the miss. Yes, Zerline missed. You know what? Our field goal kicker missed too. So much back and forth throughout the game. So many big plays. So many big moments Russell Wilson, just an incredible night, just shows you what kind of incredible night it was that the 40-yard touchdown catch to Metcalf didn't even come up in the press conference questioning. But if you want to dig into all those big moments, you can go to fieldgoals.com, check out John Fraley's article, literally all the big moments in one small place. And of course, you got to check out the enemy reaction of the Los Angeles Rams by Mookie Alexander, a great article there. Mookie with the article also talking about the news coming out of this game that Clay Matthews broke his jaw trying to tackle Chris Carson. So it sounds like Matthews is going to be out for a few weeks as he recovers from that. So check that out, fieldgoals.com. And be sure and subscribe to the show. Share the show with your friends, sbnation.com slash NFL podcasts to subscribe to this show as well as any of the other NFL podcasts as part of the SB Nation Network. And you can help support the show. You can go to getintheflock.com. You can become a member of the flock. We'll give you a shout-out on an upcoming episode of the Seahawkers podcast. And coming up, look for it on either Monday or Tuesday this week. We'll have 3-in, 3-out with Clinton Bonner. So if you have some ins, you have some outs for this game, use the hashtag 3I30, tag Clinton Bonner, at Clinton Bon on Twitter. Appreciate you tuning in. Big win for the Seahawks. Long week now as we wait for the upcoming road game against the Cleveland Browns. Just a week away. Of course, we're all going to be looking forward to it. Plenty of content at fieldgoals.com to help you through the week. And until next time, go Hawks.